You're listening to a podcast from Victory Alabang. The gospel resulted in the birth and growth of the church. Learn more on this message by Pastor Ryan Gidor. Well, it's nice to be here once again. We are starting a brand new series in Act, okay? The word in Act means to put into practice a belief or idea. In our own definition, it also means in Act, every nation in action. And uh, Victory Philippines, okay, from Luzon, Visayas, and Mindanao. And uh, I don't know if you're familiar that roughly about five months ago, I moved here from the city of Bacolod. How many of you here are from the Visayan area? Visayan area, you're from Bacolod, Iliilo, Cebu. Okay, just like what I mentioned, there's a morning that the language in heaven is Visaya. Yeah, in the provincial part of heaven, okay? And... Uh, Victory Philippines is uh, under every nation ministries. We are part of the worldwide family of churches, roughly about uh, three, four hundred churches and roughly about uh, six, seven hundred campuses. And I am just so thankful that the Lord uh, really gave me an opportunity to be part of this ministry. Every nation exists to honor God. And that is the very reason why we're doing what we're doing. And it is one thing that has kept me sane. Okay, and uh, protected from doing stupid things. As I was growing up as a follower of Christ, I came to know the Lord in victory. It was uh, 1994, third row, third seat, and my life was never the same again when they went to Bacolod and ministered uh, through a rock and roll seminar. Okay, And that is where I came to know the Lord. To make a long story short, I was, uh, I, I was really uh, transformed by God. And for the past 22 years of my walk with God, it has never been the same again. And this is why I realized that if you are constantly ask yourself this question every time you make a decision, whether that's minor or major, that if whatever honors God is your uh, really reference when it comes to how you go about life, you will uh, really be protected of uh, making wrong decisions. And I hope that in the coming years, you will always refer back that every time you make a decision, no matter how convenient it is, you will always ask yourself, does it make God happy? Does it please God? Does it honor God? Because I am telling you right now, this has really helped me through the years of my walk with God. And this is why we are here, because everything that we do is not centered on victory. It's not centered on the senior pastor or myself or any other leader. It is centered on how we can possibly honor God with our lives. The three things that we have here is that we would want to always do things based on what pleases Christ. Thus, we want to establish a ministry that is Christ-centered, Spirit-empowered, that we know that we can't do it all by ourselves. We need the power of the Holy Spirit. And if you're new here, I want to tell you, I'm human as you are, though yes, they call me pastor, I go through the same struggles, and if not for the Spirit of God, I will never overcome the challenges of life. So if you're here right now, it is the Spirit that will give you the power to say no to sin. And the Spirit will give you the motivation to wake up every morning with excitement, though life is not perfect. So I hope that as we are gathered here, okay, you will allow the Spirit to empower you and use you okay, to really uh, do the things that pleases the Lord. And because of that, we would want to be socially responsible. I don't know if you're familiar with Real Life Foundation that we do send, again, okay, sponsor college and high school students. And we would want to really uh, make a difference in that capacity through campus ministry in every nation. So if you're here right now and you're part of this, this is a message uh, a series that uh, would uh, really give you a venue to get to know us. And if you're coming from a different church or you're coming from another church, you're welcome here, but we would want to advise you okay, to seek God if this is really your church because at the end of the day, if you choose to be a member of Victory, we want to inform you that you're not just an individual, okay, who would uh, sit back, relax, and enjoy. We want to empower you because we believe that God has a call for your life. Amen? Our goal after this message is that we will have a grasp and be inspired to actively participate. Say the word participate. Okay? In the Every Nation mission. And I realize that at the end of the day, Okay, at the end of the day, no matter how gifted and talented you are, how many of you here, honestly, you feel like you're gifted and talented? You have talents and gifts. Okay? Some of you here are having a hard time, but deep in your heart, you know you are. Do you understand? Okay? 
And, and, and we know that, that uh, we have identified uh, things in our lives. And I want you to understand, no matter how gifted uh, you are, at the end of the day, you're part of a body. Okay? And God has given you gifts and talents. And then I realized that a gift and a talent or an individual part of this body, the body of Christ, okay, no matter how beautiful you are, okay, similar to a beautiful eye, napakagandang mata, if you gouge it out and cut it, you understand, put it on top of the table, okay, that's not beautiful anymore because it's never part of the body. And you can only appreciate the beauty of who you are and how God has honed you to be when you are part of the body. And this is why more than just you coming to this gathering, more than just you uh, uh, really uh, are, are probably involved in our Sunday uh, gatherings, we want you to know that, okay, you have a place in this body and God wants to use you mightily. Amen? And thus the series is all about our mission as a movement that is indeed rooted biblically, okay? That everything that we do here is based on biblical principles as seen in the book of Acts. And it all began with an instruction from the Lord Jesus Christ after he resurrected from the grave. Thus, this topic is also hinged on our past message, past perfect. Can you still remember our last message? Where Jesus Christ was the what? The ultimate sacrifice. And when he died, he died for our sins. And after three days, he resurrected from the grave. And the reason why... Okay, I am doing what I'm doing because I am forever grateful with what the Lord Jesus Christ did for me and my family and my life. Amen? So if you're here right now, you're asking the question, why are we doing what we're doing? It is not because we are obliged and required to do this. The reason why you're lifting up your hands, the reason why you're serving, the reason why you're going to church, because you are forever grateful with what Jesus did. And in fact, that is a summary of the gospel where you have collided and you have realized, Lord, thank you for paying the price. Thus, I can respond with thanksgiving. Nagpapasalamat po ako that you have forgiven me, redeemed my life, and you're, you've given me a new future, a new life. And this is why it is important that more than just being part of victory is that you uh, will eventually get to know who we are. That the reason why we're doing this because of the power of the gospel in our lives. That is why when Jesus Christ died and resurrected, he gathered his disciples. And the first instruction that he uh, instructed his disciples was in Acts chapter 1, verse 8. And he said, you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you. So if you're here right now, then roughly about 20, 22 years ago, I would at times find this very, very religious. Is it really possible that the Spirit of God will come upon me? Because I realized when I was living a life of sin, I was very, very immoral. I realized that I don't have the power to live in victory. And when Jesus Christ left, He gave us the Holy Spirit to give us the power. More than just uh, the, the decision of saying no to sin, that He will give you the power to do the things that God has called you to do. And you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem and in all Judea and Samaria and the end or the end of the earth. These are very words that Jesus have spoken when he returned after rising from the grave. Jesus specifically instructed the disciples to stay in Jerusalem until they receive the Holy Spirit. And this is why I am convinced that if I ask you of what church is like in the New Testament you will probably say a different definition of what a church then and now. That is why this is very, very important that as we go through this series that we do understand the very reason why God okay, wants to work in our lives, work through the church, because He has given the instruction that more than just this gathering where people can come and be blessed, there is a purpose why there is a church. A church is not a what? A structure. It is never, in fact, an organization or an entity or rituals and traditions. It is never about who's the boss, who's the leader of uh, a certain religion. It's never about really uh, uh, what, what, what we think is right. The church is what? Is from the Greek word ekklesia. 
And if you're here right now, can you just look at the person on your right and tell the person, Ecclesia. That's the Greek word of the word church. It is a what? An assembly of people that has been called by the Lord. It is a congregation. It is a movement, okay, that has a purpose. It is never just a gathering of people who wants to just be blessed. In fact, I have nothing against you being blessed. We want to be blessed, right? The problem with being blessed is that we become self-centered. We would always think of ourselves. We would always think of what's good for us that you end up missing the whole point. Am I correct? And this is what happened to the church. That for the past few years of being consumed with who they are, their structures and, 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 and the people inside the, the group and, and the traditions that they have, they have lost the very purpose and essence of what a church is. And I realized through the years, I have encountered really people that are so full of themselves. How many of you here, you've met people in the past? That they exist for what they want and what they need. They're just so full of themselves. Do you understand? They're just so caught up with who they are and how they look. How many of you here, you've been and you have encountered people like that? They're just so full of themselves. When you talk to them, you talk about money, they would just uh, uh, mention how good looking they are. Do you understand? You, you talk about other things, they'll just come up with a discussion of, 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 of how, what intelligent they are. And I have nothing against who they are, but I've seen and I've encountered people that are just so full of themselves. And how many of you here, you would want to be with them every single day? Nobody would really, in fact, be with people that are so full of, of themselves. And this is one of the things I realize. The more that you're concerned of your needs and your wants, the more that you are, what? You will be disappointed with life. And this is why, for the past few uh, years, the church has lost its what? Its uh, 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 really essence and its purpose because they're just so consumed of the traditions, who they are and what they want. And when a church okay, comes to a point wherein it is just so full of uh, uh, what they want, you will eventually okay, miss what God has called you to do. Okay? This is even true with our lives. And if you are married to someone who's full of himself, that would be a big problem. And, and, and I'm telling you right now, more than just what's happening in our lives, the church, okay, had its encounter stories of how it has been so self-centered. And if you look at really what the Lord Jesus Christ instructed the church, okay, the church was never about their gathering. Do they need to gather? The church is never about what they need, though needs are provided. Remember in this life, this is not about you. Look at the person you're right and tell the person, this is not about you. Because if this is about you, you will be disappointed with life. And thus, this is the instruction that Jesus gave to Peter in Matthew 16, verse 18. And it is written right here, Jesus said, And I tell you that you are Peter, and on this rock I will build my ecclesia, my church, and the gates of Hades will not overcome it. It is a reminder that you are not just, and you should not just be consumed of yourself. Because the church is guaranteed that you will live in victory. Am I correct? Isn't it amazing that if you are asked with a question, if you are not guaranteed to fail, will you give it a try? If you're single here and you're guaranteed, okay, that this person that you have been courting for years will say yes to you, you will, you will give it a try. You will give it a shot. And in this life, how many of you here, if you know you will not fail, you will give it a shot? This passage of the Bible validates that if we just obey God, we will not fail. That if you go out and do what God has called us to do, you're guaranteed of success. This is why this is not just about ourselves. This is about you being guaranteed by God that if you do it my way, you will not fail. 
And thus, this passage is what we need to always remind ourselves of. That God will build His church. He will build your life. You're not alone. He will build you up. He will establish you. He will strengthen you. Because after all, this is not about you. This is about Him. So I don't want you to fret. God will hold you by the hand. And I just want you to just relax because God is in control of our situations. Because this church is not my church. It's not even the church of Pastor Ariel or Victory Christian Fellowship. This is the church of the Lord Jesus Christ. And if you're here right now and you tend to compare yourself with other churches, let me correct you that we're not the best church out there. In fact, we're learning the ropes. We're big, okay, compared to other churches. But I'm telling you right now, we love churches outside of this ministry because they're doing what Jesus has called them to do. So if you're here right now, I want to remind you that if you meet other Christians, I want you to be a blessing to them. I want you to encourage them. I want you to inspire them. I want, them, I want you to remind them to serve their, 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 their churches because this is who we are. Because at the end of the day, this is never about us. This is about Jesus Christ. And I hope you're ready right now to read okay, our passage for today in the book of Acts chapter 2, verse 38 to 47. Are you ready? Verse 38, chapter 2 in the book of Acts. And Peter said to them, repent and be baptized. Every one of you in the name of Jesus Christ for the forgiveness of your sins. And you will receive the gift of... The Holy Spirit, it is guaranteed. For the promise is for you and for your children and for all who are, say the word far. There are people out there that are far from the Lord. Thus, this is not about you. It's about the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen? Everyone whom the Lord our God calls to himself. And with many other words, he bore witness and continued to exhort them, saying, Save yourselves from this crooked or depraved generation so that those who receive his word were baptized and there were added that day about 3,000 souls. Verse 42, And they devoted themselves to the apostles, teaching and the fellowship to the breaking of bread and the prayers. And all came upon every soul and many wonders and signs were being done through the apostles. And all who believed were together and had all things in. Wow. And they were selling their possessions and belongings and distributing the proceeds to all as any had need. How many of you here, you have needs this afternoon? You have material needs. You understand? You need money. You need a boyfriend. You need a girlfriend. You need Yaya Dab. Anybody here? How many of you here, you need something? After the service, the Bible says that you come to me. If you have needs, just come to me. Come to me so I can pray for you. Amen? I'm not the answer, okay? And all who believe, verse 44, were together and had all things in common. They were selling their possessions and belongings, distributing the proceeds to all as any had need. And day by day, attending the temple together and breaking bread in their homes. Not just every Sunday, every day they meet. They receive their food with glad and generous hearts. Praising God and having favor with all the people. And the Lord added to their number day by day those who were being saved. This gathering is just so infectious. Now I don't know with most of you here. If there is a group and there is a gathering, and we know that there is what? A sense of authenticity, you can help but gravitate towards that group. This is what's happening in the New Testament. That they love one another. They celebrate almost every single day that everybody wants to be part of their group. Do you understand? This is amazing. That they eat every day. How many of you here, you love to eat more than what you can consume? And if there is a gathering, there is a group, I want to be part of that group. Uso kasi yung dad bod. Do you understand? Do you understand? And that is why I just can't help but enjoy every piece of this passage because the Bible says that before this message of Peter that he boldly proclaimed what people needed to do 
it was a product of what happened in the book of Acts chapter 2. That the people are gathering, they were filled by the Holy Spirit. Just like what was mentioned in Acts chapter 1. That the Spirit will come upon them. The Spirit came after 50 days, Pentecost. And they were in one place. And the Spirit changed them. And one of the recipients of transformation was Apostle Peter. Thus, in this chapter, he proclaimed boldly because he was forever changed. We know Peter. Peter denied Jesus Christ. And because of this, okay, he was condemned. But if you look at the life of Peter, he was forgiven by the Lord. Anointed by God, filled by the Spirit of God. Now he can proclaim. And he said in this passage, repent and be baptized. Because I am calling people who doesn't know me. People that are far off. Thus, God was simply saying that I am calling you to Jerusalem, Samaria, and what? The uttermost part of the world. That this is not about you. This is about people outside of his gathering. And if you're here right now, I am fully convinced that you're thankful that you're part of this gathering because somebody invited you. Because somebody believes in this passage. Thus, I am thankful for the person. When I was in grade school, I used to be a bully. Yeah. I look like one, I know. Don't be judgmental. Make a long story short, okay? I would bully this person when I was in grade five up to first year high school. And I gave him the hell of his life. But one thing that did change, he shared the gospel to me. And I'm forever grateful. Whoa. I am forever grateful. Oh. Of what his initiative, that though he fear me that there is no other gift that he's willing to repay me and that is to tell me that Jesus loves me he's still now in church he's one of our ushers I'm his pastor and from time to time I do once in a while bully him for the greater good do you understand now he's my friend and this is what God wants us to understand that there are people out there, whether you like it or not, that you will meet and will encounter your path. And they are meant to hear from you. Isn't it amazing that God has commissioned you and whether they will respond or not, they might ridicule you once in a while. But in the eyes of God, He says, I will build your life. In my eyes, you are successful. Whether they will accept me or not, you are successful. I am pleased with your life. So my question with you right now, won't you give it a shot to be the church that God has called you to be? That more than just your needs and your wants, God is calling you to make a difference in the lives of people. I'm telling you right now, you've got sick relatives. You've got relatives that are suffering from cancer. You can lay your hands and they'll recover. That is the promise of God. God wants to use you mightily because He wants to bring people that are far off. Everyone whom the Lord our God calls to Himself. Amen. And thus, in the same chapter, and with many other words, He what? He bore witness and continued to exhort them saying, Save yourselves from this, from this what? Say this once again. Crooked generation. So those who received his word were baptized, and there were added that day about 3,000 souls, and they devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and fellowship to the breaking of bread and the prayers. They gather not because there is a cause that they need to fight for. They're not just out there to uh, really fight for a cause. They gather because the gospel changed their lives. And I'm telling you right now, People that are transformed, whether they like it or not, they tend to gravitate to people that has an encounter with God as well. And the reason why you're here, not because you're perfect, because you know that the Lord has touched your life and you know God has a great plan for your life. 
And about 3,000 was added to their number every single day. We have about 1,200 people. You double the number. That's the number of people added to their gathering. And when they began to share lives and their resources, people began to consume more than what uh, really uh, they can consume every single day. Because they just don't exist for their needs and wants. They live for the needs and the wants of the people around them. And as they devote themselves to the teaching of the word and the preaching of the gospel, similar to what we're doing every Sunday, and do, they do enjoy fellowship and breaking of the bread, this is similar to what we're doing every single week in our victory groups, they began to what celebrate the community that they are in, thus the product of the gospel, is that people will gather and converge because there is no other way. They gather, and because of that, God and His presence was visible and imminent in their midst. Look up here for a while. If you look at the Bible, most of the miracles and the wonders of God took place in a gathering like this. So if you are on your way every Sunday to come and attend our gathering, I hope that you're not just preparing to look good for someone else. That you come here prepared to witness God's miracle for your life up close and personal. Because gatherings like this are instrumental for transformation. Instrumental for the things you're believing God for. Remember this. God will manifest His presence when people converge for His glory. So when we're worshiping, I'm telling you right now, expect God to meet you. When you come here Sunday in and Sunday out, don't just go through the routines and the motions of uh, your responsibility as a believer. Come here expectant because I am telling you right now, if you come to church in a gathering or a victory group expectant, the Lord will meet you. It is my prayer that you'll go out of this room with a sense of satisfaction of what the Lord has done. In the same chapter, 43, and awe came upon every soul and many wonders and signs were being done through the apostles. This is what I'm talking about. And all who believed were together and had all things in common. And they were selling their possessions and belongings and distributing the proceeds to all. Say the word all. The together, they, all, as any had need. And thus, when you gather, share possessions and expect God to move in your midst. Growth is what? Inevitable. Growth is something that you will expect. And this is what I am praying for this afternoon. That more than just your attendance every Sunday that you are part of our Sunday community, and you will find a group where you can commune with people of the same faith. I have matured in my walk with God because of my collision with who God is and His Word, but more than my walk with God and my personal moments with the Lord, it was because I introduced myself to a group of people that corrected me, that encouraged me, that inspired me, that corrected me, that, re- that, that rebuked me and taught me how to be the kind of disciple that Jesus will be pleased of. I was a product of people that are for me and never against me. If you're here right now, you've been coming in and out, you're probably from another church, we want to invite you to find a friend, find a group. Because apart from really uh, uh, finding the community that God Okay, has for you, you will struggle. You will find it a hard time to mature and grow in your faith. God wants to introduce you to a community. It is my prayer that more than just our celebration every Sunday, that you will what? You will have people that can help you grow in your journey as you follow the Lord Jesus Christ. The involvement of people is something that you cannot underestimate. Because at the end of the day, we think that we can grow by ourselves. That is impossible. You know, I have uh, imagined, and I can remember roughly about a year ago when I saw a plant on top of a building. 
I know nobody planted that living organism on top of the building. And some of you here are familiar, am I correct? When you say cathedrals and, and facilities, old buildings, and, and usually if you look at on top of that, there is a plan. Nobody went out of his way to plant that plan. Do you understand? And the question that I ask myself, why does it grow? Because it's a living thing. And all living things grow. And whether you like it or not, you will grow, you'll mature. The problem is not even growth. The problem is that for a plant, okay, to be shielded from sunlight and water source. Same thing with us. When we have people around us, there are people who can pinpoint certain things that prevents you from knowing God intimately. And if you put a plant and plant a plant on areas where it's fully covered away from sunlight and water source, it will not grow. So it is never about growth. It is about what prevents you from growing. And some of us here, we struggle, we labor when it comes to how we can possibly grow. Not because you don't want to grow. Everybody wants to grow. All of us wants to grow. Amen? All of us wants to mature. But there are certain areas that prevent you. People can help you. Amen? And through the years of being a Christian, people has helped me. And thus, I value small groups. I value gatherings more than just Sunday gatherings. Because at the end of the day, it is for my own growth. It is for my own maturity. Amen. And day by day, attending the temple together and breaking bread in their homes, they receive their? Sarap naman ito. They receive their food with glad and generous hearts. I don't know with you, I just love to eat. I don't know why. How many of you here, you love to eat? Most of the miracles, if you look at the Bible, took place while eating. Do you understand? So if you love to eat, and you eat more than what you can consume, that's gluttony. Do you understand? Okay? But more than that, expect for a miracle. Because when people are gathered, and they do enjoy more than just the religious routine. And I can remember, before I came to know the Lord, when my grandmother invites me for, what, for a church gathering, I would, what, I would, I would find ways, okay, to cancel my appointment with her. Because I realize it is just a re- religious routine. Not up until I realize that church is a gathering of people that has a calling to reach the world. And my life changed. And because of that, I realize that more than just a gathering and the desire to grow, God is pointing me not just to my needs and my wants. God is pointing me outside of this facility. Thus, people will come to know the Lord because we choose to be planted in a church. We choose to be part of a gathering. We choose to grow and mature. And more than your needs and your wants. And let me remind you, this is not just about you. It's about the people and your relatives and your friends and your parents and your brother and your sister that will come to know the Lord because of your life. That's guaranteed. It is in the Bible. So whether you like it or not, people will line up. The next 10, 15, 20 years of your life, God has scheduled, say the word scheduled, people to cross your path. You don't have a choice. And most of them are people that are close to you. Most of them people that you don't like. Tomorrow morning, someone will approach you that you don't like. But you don't have a choice. You are a product of the gospel. You can't help but tell people about your encounter with God. Amen. Can we give God the glory for that? If someone, someone is excited. Amen. Say the word excited. Say, I am excitement. I am excited. Excitement then, all right. More than just our gathering, I want you to be excited because this is not about you. So whether people will accept, reject, or despise you, they're not despising you. They're despising God. So go out with confidence. Though you don't know the Bible from cover to cover. And probably you're just familiar with John 3.16. Do you understand? That Christ is the way, the truth, and the life. Amen? And I've done that time and time and again. And people just nod their heads. They don't even read their Bibles. Do you understand? They thought I am accurate with my reading. But the Bible says 
We can make mistakes, but it's guaranteed. People and part of the sphere of your influence are bound to go to church because of you. Remember this. God has already scheduled people that you will meet. My question with you right now, won't you give it a try? Does this is very, very important that we do recognize that when we proclaim the gospel, it means go. And a lot of people have encountered that they think church is just a gathering where you come and really encounter God. And yes, I do agree. But most of the time, we think church is just a venue where we can come and be blessed. God wants to bless you. God is for you. God is not against you. But more than just being blessed, God is simply saying go because go is two-thirds of God's name. One-fourth ba, one-eighth ba, 30 grams ba. God wants us to go. Because God is simply saying that the real meaning and purpose of who you are is not found here. The real satisfaction and the glory that goes with it doesn't just, uh, and are not just really accomplished and are achieved in this gathering alone. When you go out there, okay, and witness that your father, though you have a lot of reasons not to talk to him, that the Lord is working in his life. And just by mere telling him, Dad, can I serve you? Can I buy you something? Or your mom or your brother or your sister? Did you go out of your way to say hi to them? If you're a student, pagising mo sa umaga, ayusin mo agad yung... Ano? Yung tinutulugan mo? Kung meron man? That's a testimony. Because church was never just about themselves. Because if this is just about you, by tomorrow we're done. But this is not about the leader. This is not just about really our religion. This is about the Lord Jesus Christ. Everything that we do is for the Lord Jesus Christ, period. Amen. We were never meant to stay. Just like the passage in Matthew, that you are Peter and on this rock, I will build my... Jesus said in His Word, He will build your life and the gates of Hades or hell or death will not overcome you. But most of the time, we have lived our lives on the defensive end. Do you understand? A gate. Have you seen a gate? Have you seen a doorway? Have you seen an entry point? Amen. Pastor, ano yon? <laughs> okay? A gate is a gate, Okay? A gay was meant to what? To be offensive. Amen. Amen? Amen. No! It was placed to protect something from the inside. Amen kayo ng amen. Eh. <laughs> the reason why we're like this, gusto namin yung mga tao nag-iisip sa simbahan. Do you understand? Kasi hindi ko nag-iisip, pupunta kayo ng C5 naman. C5, okay? <laughs> Pag-ibang lugar naman, or sapote, okay? What? Sarap maging Pilipino, no? They were in the same wavelength. Do you understand? Like you Facebook link kayo, ano? Make a long story short, okay? We want you to think. And a gate, an entry point, a doorway, something defensive. Who's offensive? Us! That you're strong, you're big, you're influential, and the devil is threatened by your what? Existence. Pagising mo sa umaga. Okay? Takot yung demonyo. Hindi na kay Pastor Sonny. Napabago-bago ng hairstyle. <laughs> Tingnan mo ako, hindi nagbabago. Yeah! Consistent po ang labanan dito. Consistency. And the reason why, I don't know what, what I'm talking about, but, but gates are, are meant to be defensive. So I hope that you do understand that every morning as you wake up, you have the confidence and the boldness because the enemy wants you dead by tomorrow morning. But the grace of God is just overwhelming that you're still alive. Gates were never meant to be offensive. Nakakita na ba kayo ng doorway or a gate or a steel gate that is offensive? Hinahabol yung... Wala! It was meant to protect something. And the devil created a gate to protect what it has from you. That's how threatening your presence is every single day. 
But we have lived our lives running away from the devil. Because we think that we're never meant to advance. Amen? Amen. We were never meant to advance. We were meant to advance. We were never meant to stay. You are never designed to be stationary. Because the church is a movement that moves. Do you understand? I don't have to explain that. We just don't gather every Sunday. We're excited. Umiinit yung puwet mo. Lalabas ako, lalabas ako. So if you're complaining that we have a long message, and the reason why you just want to go home and share the gospel, that is very, very valid. But if you're here right now, you're saying, I want to go home because I just want to entertain myself and find a nice, okay, video so I can just really pamper myself. You're getting it all wrong. The reason why you're here every Sunday, because you are in a posture, a stance, where you want to be offensive and be reminded that you're meant to advance. You're never meant to stay where you are. And it is my prayer that you will always be reminded that church was created by God, not for their own consumption, but church was created to go and tell the message. 3,000 people were added to their number every single day. From its opening day, church was never small. So if you're telling me right now, the church was called to be small. That is another discussion for another day. But if God will add to their number, and God has added to their number 3,000 every single day, God wants to do it big, He wants to do it strong, and He wants to do it significantly. God is a God of upsize. God is a God of what? Of bigness, should I say it? I realize that God wants to always start big. Do you understand? Yung Panginoon po natin, bigaten. Do you understand? That's in the book of John chapter 3, verse 16. That He gave His one and only begotten Son. That whoever believes in Him shall not perish. So if you're here right now, and you're telling me you don't want to join a big church, you're getting it all wrong. Because when you go to heaven, it is a sea of people. It's a big gathering. And I don't want you to be suffocated. More than just our gathering every Sunday, God wants His church to be big, strong, and influential. It is my prayer that as we go out here and be reminded that Jesus Christ has given us the promise that He will send the Holy Spirit, that we become witnesses. We will have both the encounter in chapter 1, verse 8, and chapter 8, verse 1. And it is written, And Saul was there, giving approval to his death, on that day a great persecution broke out against the church at Jerusalem. And all except the apostles were scattered throughout Judea and Samaria. They were scattered. And it is my prayer that you don't have to wait for the time where God will send you out. Because God has His way of doing it. But as early as today, you will say yes to God. Lord, build my faith up that as I go out there, you will use me to go and tell people. And whether they will, they will respond or not, they will, they will reply to whatever uh, you're asking them to be part of. Don't, don't feel bad if they resist your invitation. Because it will take time. But don't stop. Because God is simply saying, I will build your life. That you have people out there that I want you to trust me with. Because it is just a matter of time that as you continue to bang the wall and the gates of hell, remember, the devil is threatened of your existence and your presence. And God is simply saying, because you're my church, you cannot fail. Amen. The resurrected Christ gave us the reason that God will accompany us every step of the way. Though there was a great persecution, 
They were scattered. And everyone are all over the place. The mission, should you choose to accept it, is that you go and make disciples of all nations. That you go and make disciples out of your father, your half-sister, your brother, your household helper, your office mate. People will come to know the Lord because of you. And all of us, one thing I realize, that when we go to heaven someday, all of us, all of us, when we talk and discuss how we came to know the Lord and we retrace our steps where the message came from, all of us will trace it back to one person paid for our sins. And isn't it amazing that people out there, as we go out of that glass door, that we're not just going out and living this facility. We're living this gathering and we are entering our mission field. By next week, you will see a banner that says, you're living this place and you are entering your mission field. Your mission field are those people that you interface with every single day. And I do pray that you will come to a place wherein you will see and witness that God will work in you, for you, and through you. It is possible that people will come to know God through the church, through your life, through your involvement in the affairs of people that you meet every single day. Because the Bible says He will build you up and you're not going to fail. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. Can we give God the glory for that? I want to call the music team to join me here in front. Can we bow our heads and close our eyes? Heavenly Father, thank you. I want you right now to just utter your personal prayers. Say this to God. Thank you, Panginoon. That lives of people are lining up and the message is very, very clear and simple. So when you tell people about what Jesus did, And when you tell people about the gospel, they will resist. It's guaranteed. And that's a sign you're getting into their nerves. And I can sense in the spirit right now, the spirit of intimidation. What if they'll reject me? In fact, they cannot reject somebody that Christ has accepted. Tinanggap na po tayo ng Panginoon. Wala na, walang, wala na pong visa ang rejection ng mundo. But for some of us here, hindi mo naramdaman ang pagtanggap ng Panginoon. Sa buhay mo, there is a possibility that you exist to please men. But for people that has encountered the gospel, tinanggap na po tayo ng Panginoon. And when we go out there and tell people about God's love for them, be reminded you're not doing it for them. You're not doing it even for yourself or victory. You're doing it for God. The church was designed not just for themselves, but people outside of their gathering. Your brother, your sister, your mom, your dad, they're outside of this gathering. Your office mates, your best friend in college. She is waiting for you. Tell Christ. That sick relative, she is waiting for you. That friend in high school, he is waiting that you open your mouth and tell him that there is hope. There is a solution. There is a way out to this. And there's no other way but through the church of the Lord Jesus Christ. So if you're saying right now, Lord, build my life up, I want you to raise your hand. God is building you up. I want you to raise your hand as high as you can. As high as you can. Don't be, don't be shy. Lord, with the hands that are lifted high, give them, Lord God, the strength, the energy, the vigor, the faith, the life, the excitement. That as they go out there, people will hear their message loud and clear. They don't have to preach like me. 
They just need to tell people. Wala na ibang pamamaraan or paraan than Christ Himself. I want you to tell Jesus this afternoon. Tell Jesus, Lord, say this to Jesus. Lord, build me up. Establish me in faith so I can be utilized for your glory. You can put down your hands. As we continue to bow our heads and close our eyes, I know a lot of us here are looking for for the answer. And if you're here right now and you're saying, Pastor, I appreciate your message, but can I start all over again? The answer is yes. The mere fact you're here, it is not an accident that God brought you here. So if you want to start a relationship with Christ, not a religion, where you are and you know you're living a life of sin, and the Bible says, Christ has decided to die and accept you. And He is waiting for you to be back home. So as we bow our heads and close our eyes, God wants a relationship with you. So if you're here right now and you're saying, I want a relationship with Jesus, I want to invite you in a simple prayer. Very, very simple. Just repeat this prayer after me if you want to have a relationship with Jesus. Say this after me. Lord Jesus, say this after me. Lord Jesus, I want to have a relationship with you. I want to know you. Today, I repent from all known sins. And I want to follow you for the rest of my life. We hope you were inspired by that message. Listen to more podcasts from our website at www.victoryalabang.org and in Victory Alabang app. Thank you and stay connected.